Hey guys, on this episode of Stranger at Home, we talk about a sensitive issue, specifically the events of March 15th. While we don't get into any of the specifics, we understand that this topic can be sensitive for many listeners, so listener discretion is advised. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Stranger at Home. My name is Alex. And I'm Han. And this is the show that asks the question, what does it mean to be Kiwi? How have you been, Han, since last week? (laughs) Oh, man, I am actually dusty as fuck. (laughs) But other than that, I'm doing great. You had a big night last night, I assume? I didn't mean to. <laughs> For context, last night was a Thursday night, which is not, <laughs> you know, today is Friday. Today is typically the party night. Uh, I'm not going out tonight. Cool kids come out on Thursdays. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll note that one down into the canon. <laughs> um, all right, well, um, this week we've got a really exciting episode ahead. Uh, do you want to introduce our guest? I mean... Guest might want to introduce herself, but Ronia, do you want to? Ah, <laughs> hello, everyone listening. Um, my name is Ronia Ibrahim. I'm a third year student at Victoria. I'm studying a conjoint in communication design and English literature with a minor in creative writing. I'm also a staff writer at Salient Magazine. Woo. Um, That's our overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have much to say, but I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Well, welcome to the show. It's awesome to have you. You guys are both Thank creative you. writing buddies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We've got class after this. Yes. How is your portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so in our creative writing class, we take turns to present part of our portfolio. I wrote most of it yesterday. Ooh. Um, wow. I took a long time to kind of hammer out the ideas. So, yeah. Skipped class yesterday. Arini, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry I skipped your class. I was doing other work. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you just got to do that for the deadlines, right? Mm. So you're a staff writer at Salient. What's How long have you been doing that? Um, Since February this year. Yeah. Wow. I, I wrote one article for them like last year. Last year? Yeah. And then... I got the job this year, so that's fun. Um, it's been really good. I, I was really hesitant and, like, nervous at first because everyone here is so cool and, like, like I don't have much experience writing journalism per se mm. or, like, for magazine or kind of stuff. Um, but it's been really good so far and I've been trying to just, like, be like, well, I'm getting paid for this and, like, I should just come in and so I'm, like... I bring in vegan scones one day and I was like, let's all share, you know, trying to claim my space here. But yeah, it's been good and everyone's really nice and it's been really good for my writing as well. Like, yeah, so I'm really grateful to have this platform as well. Are you writing weekly or is that the the deal? No. (laughs) So the contract is like you write eight to 12 pieces a year. So it's Uh on your own schedule. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I cannot write a piece weekly. Every week, yeah, God. yeah. I'm, I mean, that's that just sounds like that on top of the creative writing course, which I feel like are yeah. notoriously kind of full on, from yeah. what I've heard from Han, at least. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, well, that's really cool. What are the sort of things that you write about? Um, well, I like to write 
I really wanted to focus this year on like telling stories that people haven't heard before, especially mm-hmm. from POC voices mm. and more Muslim representation, because I feel like that's quite lacking. So yeah, I write a lot about that and like a little bit about my identity mm. and faith, which is nice. Sometimes I do feel like I'm being a bit like narcissistic, always writing about myself. <laughs> but like, I feel like these stories need to be told. And like, if mm. I can tell them and people will see themselves in them, like that's really valuable. Yeah, I really appreciate that because obviously I'm not a POC and I'm also Christian. But like the way that even I can see myself in your writing and kind of the ideas that you talk about being a person of faith, which is quite challenging um, sometimes in this crazy contemporary world. Um, mm. So yeah, I've always loved what you've written the piece about the cost of being visible yeah i read that in preparation oh. for this because <laughs> oh, really? i because han's been kind of hyping it up so i was oh. like oh i gotta read this oh. and i really enjoyed it it was really oh, awesome thank you. um i actually saw that movie as well minari i, I thought mm. i that movie was really impa- impactful and i totally understood where you were coming from in that in that yeah. sort of thing even though you know i don't those experiences that were on the film are not mine i could totally empathize with them mm. as someone who lives who's lived in asia my whole life and has yeah. seen some of those struggles you know in person there we go yeah there we go. <laughs> yeah thank you um yeah they like seeing them on screen and stuff was it was really valuable to have that story told and then the way that you wrote about it and it was it was really great mm. and that sort of stuff i really enjoyed it thanks so much yeah do you want to just real quick for possibly if anyone listening to this hasn't read the article which is lame um, <laughs> do you want to just real quick like explain what you were talking about there yeah so um this was around the time when stop asian hate the hashtag was going around and going viral on social media um with the rise of anti-asian sentiment um mm. regarding well escalated by covid19 and like general racism around that so i wrote a piece on the cost of like, I'm trying to remember because it was like a few weeks ago, but, <laughs> uh, the cost of like visibility as an Asian person during the climate of COVID-19 right. and like also dabbling with the cost of invisibility of like not feeling heard or seen, but on the other side, the visibility of being an Asian person and being targeted and fetishized and all mm. that uh jazz (laughs) very Um, fun and fresh yeah (laughs) yeah that's that that really came across through the writing and i think those those concepts were are you know quite i don't want to say salient at the moment because (laughs) the whole thing is salient but it is it's really important and it's a huge struggle at the moment and i think that you know as you said having those stories told and written from that perspective not from like you know pakeha perspective like oh this is what's happening from actually like the authenticity of telling those stories yourself you you know i don't think you know i understand feeling a bit narcissistic that you're talking about yourself but those stories are important Mm. and you know exploring them and i know for me like being able to read those perspectives in salient or wherever it, it does a lot to to make sure that, you know, being a better person or that sort of stuff. And that it is visible, right? Like that we as, you know, people who, not people of colour, Mm-hmm. Boring white people, whatever. Um, I was like, I need a fun acronym for white. Um, but, you know, um, we do have like access to those mm. stories as well, um, which I know is partly like we could do more work and find these voices, but having it be kind of more available in very public spaces um, Mm. it's really yeah important 
Yeah. So what's your, your story with New Zealand then? How, have you been here your whole life? Are you from New Zealand? What? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know you that well, so, yeah. so I'm um, excited to learn. Uh, so I came to New Zealand when I was two. Oh, yeah. So I've been here 18, 18 years. Yeah, so my parents, my dad is from Bangladesh. My mom mm-hmm. is from Taiwan. I was oh. born in Taiwan, and so we all immigrated here in 2003. Yeah, and so my huh. parents met here, actually, um, and decided to settle here. So that is my story, wow. I guess. Cool. I'm, I moved to Taiwan in 2004. I lived there for oh, two years right. in Taipei, yeah. My, nice. my mom was born in Changhua. Oh yeah! Well, look at all these <laughs> connections. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what parts of New Zealand did you grow up in? Did you stay in one city the whole time, or? Yeah, we were in Wellington the whole time. Originally, Lower Hutt. Okay. So I grew up in Lower Hutt. Recently moved to Wellington City, like last year, mm. which is interesting because Lower Hutt is like very. We lived in a suburb within a suburb so lower hut is like it's like a town but it's like very suburban and like mm. vast and empty we <laughs> lived in wainiamata which is like a it was like over the hill like on the other side of the harbor it was very secluded um very suburban tiny empty <laughs> boringish <laughs> town yeah um, Oh, you are also allowed to swear just okay. as yeah, clarification. You, I do it a lot. <laughs> if you want to swear to describe your hometown, I don't I, know. Oh, yeah. I don't actually swear. Like, I swear a little bit in my writing, but if I swear in real life, like, I will start crying because I feel so bad. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> okay, sorry. No pressure to swear. <laughs> that's, that's interesting that you that you feel like it's, you can do it in the writing, but you don't yeah. say it out loud. Yeah, I'm definitely, I swear a lot in my head and in my writing. But yeah, I also swear a lot in my head and my writing. Yeah. And out loud. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. So why, 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 you know, how do you say that? Why, why, you know, why knew your mata? Why knew your mata? Yeah. I think I've driven through there once on mm-hmm. my way to a, a lighthouse somewhere. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, just like, you know, a trip. But yeah. Just um, wholesome lighthouse adventure. So did you go to school in Lower Hutt or did you come into the city or? Yeah, I went to um, Hutt Valley High School. Mm-hmm. If anyone's listening and went there, <laughs> represent, I guess. Although I had a really terrible time. Oh. Oh, well, it wasn't terrible. It was just like once you come away from high school, you're just like, that was kind of bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And especially like during year 13, it was like, I, I want to get out of here mm-hmm. now. Yeah. That's so but, it was good. I think it's like the biggest public school in Wellington or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I might have heard that actually before. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. How many students was it? 1,800 or 600, <sighs> something like that. That's Jeez, a lot. That is big. Yeah. yeah. My my school from like kindergarten to, to high school was 1,500 students, which is quite cool. big, but it's a big Singapore yeah. school. Yeah. 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 Are the schools there like usually that big or the bigger or in Singapore? Yeah, the, uh, we were actually one of the smaller international schools. Right. We, I mean, it's a bit hard right now because expats are kind of getting the short end of the stick right now in Singapore. But there was there's a huge international community there, and mm. so the the bigger international schools were like their their graduating years would have like 300 students or something, which I've heard is kind of typical of some places here. They have like a lot of students mm. in their graduating year. Like we had That's 40. So many. Yeah, I was. We had 90. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, we technically had 70 if you included the German section. 
But, but we don't include what? the Germans? Well, okay, so so our school is really interesting because it was divided into two parts. The European section, which was um, taught in English and did the IB system, and then the German system, which did the German system and was oh. taught in German. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very different, but yeah, that's a... That's kind of how our school was weird. <laughs> That's really interesting because in terms of like Kiwiness and belonging, I mean, like I always feel left out when people talk about NCEA because mm-hmm. um, that's just like so foreign to me. Um, I'm like, yeah, the OP system, which is stupid because it only exists in Queensland. Oh, <laughs> not not even like all of Australia. So yeah, I was going to say I haven't heard of that one, but I've, yeah. I have people. I've know people who've studied in other places in Australia. What system did you do? Did you do NCEA? Yeah, NCEA. Did you like it? No. <laughs> it's just so like rigid and like mm. it, at the end it didn't really it wasn't really focused on learning it was just focused on grades and like getting the right answer. Yeah. So was not a fan you didn't miss out on much huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um the OP system. I feel my gamer friends mock me whenever I talk about it. I'm the like OP. a bit, oh. bit OP. Um nah but it's widely acknowledged to be the stupidest school system. Um, so, In the world or in Australia? Um, at least in Australia, <laughs> if yeah. not more broadly. So about the so from when, going to high school to university, did you take any time off or did you go straight into university? Straight into university, yeah. Yep. And you wanted to stay here in Wellington all the time or did you go think about going to other places here in New Zealand? Um, I did actually think about going overseas. Oh, wow. But... Um, I don't know. I just, I think my parents weren't that keen with it. Mm. High school made me want to just do something big and like do a big change. Mm. But um, when I visited Vic, it was, sounds cheesy, but I was like, I belong here. (laughs) And so I decided to come. Like I would really, like sometimes I'm like, I feel sad because like I grew grew up in Wellington, but it would be really nice to like, I really want to like experience I feel like I missed out almost with all the other first years being in halls and stuff and, like, um, moving out into a new city and sure. and yeah. starting that new chapter of your life. Um, so it didn't really feel like much of a chapter change when I went to uni because I grew up in Wellington and, and still live with my parents, so. I see that, yeah. Like, it's like... You feel there's that 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 big life transition of going from high school to uni, but you feel like the rest of it hasn't had that that tra- that like you know transformation from from high school life to university life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Especially with like hall culture and first year, like everybody. <laughs> I felt like I had so much FOMO because everybody already had their friend groups and everything, sure. and I was like, oh, if it helps, I am. A lot of my friends were friends because they lived next door to me, not because we actually got got on very well. <laughs> um, I obviously still have friends from halls, but yeah, where I lost a lot when I when they moved out and I stayed. Yeah, so. you kind of stay. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Full disclosure: I am a university employee, so like. <laughs> That's actually a really interesting angle that we didn't cover last week. We should get to that at some point. Maybe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My identity is a RA. <laughs> yeah. What Just, hall were you in? I was in Ware, and uh-huh. now I'm RAing at Ware. And oh, I was nice. at Ware as well, and that's how I met Han. Yeah. Oh, we're cool. on different floors, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same so, yeah. building. 
So what made you want to study um, literature, communications, and um, creative writing? Um, if I remember that right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, I've, always, I've always liked writing and art ever mm -hmm. since I was a kid. So, And I've only, throughout school, I've only done what I know I'm good at. Um, That's a mood. Yeah, so it was kind of the only thing for me. And Victoria was like the only place where they offered design and English literature. Mm-hmm. Communication design, I mean. Um, yeah. Mm, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I came to Vic is because of the strength of the English program and the IML. So mm. the IIML. IIML. Yeah. It's so hard to say. Yeah. yeah I'm just like, no, no, no. Email. You start that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I study the email. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the idea that you that you know something you always wanted to do and you got the chance to do it. That's really cool. Um, growing up here in in New Zealand, did you did you feel like a New Zealander? Do you do you consider yourself home here? I mean, that's a big part of the show that we yeah, kind of try to touch yeah. on. So, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it's funny because like I didn't really think about that question until like I started uni because mm. at uni everyone's so woke and like asking questions and having <laughs> existential crises all the time so but like to be honest growing up I don't think I saw my or like referred to myself as a New Zealander mm. unless I was overseas and I would say I'm from New Zealand mm -hmm. but like yeah I don't know like I don't really have a strong or as strong as I'd like connection with my cultural background. Right. But I feel like maybe me referring to myself not as a New Zealander probably came from just like people's perception of me. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I'm brown, so I can't be a New Zealander. Right. Um, I guess the image of, or the label of New Zealander that comes to my head is just Pākehā or Māori. Yeah. So I guess it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of an irrelevant label, I guess. So. Yeah, it's like, you know, you've lived here since you were two and I never lived here, but I moved here last year and I call myself a New Zealander. But really, yeah. I didn't grow up here. I don't have any ties to this place apart from my family. Right. It's a it's a really interesting thing about what home actually means. Um, have you had the chance to go back to like where your parents are from and stuff before? Yeah. Uh, the last time I went to Taiwan was in, when I was nine, I think. Okay. Last time I went to Bangladesh when I was 13. So it's been a bit of a while. Yeah. Obviously travel is quite hard right now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Do you think you'd want to go back after university at all? Just to, like even for like a short like holiday or something or... Yeah, I think so. I don't know about Bangladesh because I always get food poisoning there. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'd like to visit Taiwan again. Um, Taiwan did really well with COVID, actually, didn't they? Yeah, they did. My mum couldn't stop raving about it. <laughs> I always got cross when, um, like, the news would be like, Australia and New Zealand, like, only countries in the world to be, like, fucking smashing COVID. And I'm like, does Taiwan just not exist? Right, yeah. And Singapore, although Singapore just hit their second wave and it's really oh, bad. Oh but, no. <laughs> but, yeah, Singapore was also doing a really good job. So I got a little yeah. bit of Singapore pride in that. Yo. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? That's really interesting because I still get, you know, Australian pride. You were talking about Singapore pride. I'm like, were you also feeling like, yeah, Taiwan? Or like... Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny because mm. I'm like, um, this is home, but we also like hold tight to our other identities. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, so do you like if, you know, if someone was to ask you, oh, where are you from? Would you, you'd 
go through like the whole complicated. Oh yeah, I'm from Bangladesh and Taiwan, but yeah. I, 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 you know, I grew up here in New Zealand and stuff. Yeah, it is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, um, and it does kind of feel like feel like people are looking for the right answer uh-huh. when people ask you where you're from, and especially when like my answer is so complicated, it's like uh, it's kind of you kind of get hissed into answer the question because you're like oh they're just gonna be confused or disappointed i don't want to overwhelm them with with my identity but do you feel pressure to answer beyond like i'm from new zealand but this is where my like do you feel pressure to kind of like justify um it's interesting because i would never i don't think if anyone asked me where i'm from i would ever say i'm from new zealand i feel like a lot of um immigrant kids or first generation immigrants would who grew up in New Zealand would say they're from New Zealand or in Western countries. Mm. Um, but for some reason, I don't feel like I'm from, I wouldn't say I'm from New Zealand. Don't know why. Um, but yeah, I would, my general answer is the, the long, honest answer. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone just drinking their lovely water. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by H2O. <laughs> <laughs> Drink water. Hydrate so before you dehydrate. <laughs> well, now i got to leave that in because that's, that's gold content. <laughs> hydrate before you dehydrate. I stole it from Tumblr. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of that. All, All my right. humor is from Tumblr. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is this homophobia? <laughs> no. no, I just never, I never really got into Tumblr. I don't know. I, I found yeah, it, com- I found it really confusing, the reblogging thing. Mm. And I was like, whose comments are these? I just never learned the, the UI. Yeah. I mean, fair, like I'm a boomer. I don't know, even know how Instagram works. So like, fair, but also it's a whole another part of identity soup, right? Like tum- Tumblr lads from 2013, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it did have a big hold on on like the internet in the early two th- the two thousand tens, right? Like, yeah, 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 until about two thousand seventeen, I'd say. Yep. Because then they changed a lot with like their their user agreement and banned a lot of content, right? Which was good. Like post twenty seventeen, Tumblr is objectively a less toxic place than oh. it's ever been. What was I gonna? Oh, person of faith. Mm. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> um kind of dynamic obviously we don't have the same faith but both people of faith um how does that do you feel like that impacts your life and your identity definitely yeah I would say it's a core part of my life but Mm -hmm. like especially in New Zealand religion is very taboo and it's like not Mm. something you want to it's something everyone just tries to like sidestep um and I wish that could change but um because it is really difficult to and I haven't written much about my faith before, but this year, like, I've tried to do that. Mm. Your and, Ramadan journal was beautiful. I love uh, that. Thank you. Um, for those listening, I wrote a Ramadan diary and salient. In oh, I saw that. Yeah? I see. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I only flipped through that article, but I've got it at home. I need to. I'll go back and read it after this. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, was Ronia. <laughs> Because like, do you do you do you feel like you have the same thing where people are just like don't don't want to talk about it or don't want to hear? Yeah, I think it's a harder dynamic because the Christian church has been dominant kind of in Western societies so um, for so long, and so in some ways I really understand the pushback because I'm like fair, we kind of mm. shit on everyone for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, like, I'm always hesitant to, like, be like, oh, I'm a minority. Because even though technically I am, it always feels a bit, like, disingenuous um, and, like, not acknowledging the harm's done. Mm. Um, But, yes, people don't want to talk about it. Um, Or people will be like, 
ah, that's cute that you need religion to like get through, but I'm yeah bigger and more grown up than that. Mm. I think there's a lot of stigma on like religion being something like woo woo hippie mm. or like stuck in the old ages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think faith is really valuable, or I think it's really beautiful that people can find like hope and meaning in life and something. If if that if faith is something that gives that to you, then like that's that's great yeah go for it right yeah i think i totally know what you guys mean about this sort of hesitancy to even talk about it because as someone who's not a person of faith you know you see that in in circles you know like of people like it doesn't come up and if it does come up it's spirited away quite quickly you know or like turn into a joke quite often yeah yeah and Mm. uh, and obviously and usually at the expense of the the people of faith in the in the discussion right yeah Yeah. i shouldn't be talking about your experiences to you guys (laughs) but geez alex (laughs) but i you know it's it is tough you know and i i imagine that feels quite dehumanizing and just like it invalidating right because it is a part of you that you should feel comfortable sharing but you know society has kind of made it not Mm -hmm. in a a kind of roundabout awful way Mm. I think it's, um, I mean, obviously different experiences for Islam and Christianity, but I often feel like uh, people have like a very flattened version of Christian identity that they kind of like put on me. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't make sense because I'm fucking gay. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, this doesn't make sense, cannot compute. And then they're just like, mm. oh, well, you're a nasty conservative. And I'm like, I'm okay, cool. <laughs> um, mm. So that's really interesting like for me, but because there are such kind of ingrained ideas of what the Christian church is and represents Mm -hmm. that I feel like often doesn't like, I'm like, pick up the Bible, read like Jesus. It's not like that. There's not an effort to meet, to meet you halfway at all. Oh yeah. We do all the work in that, in that sort of sense. Do you feel like that's kind of the same that you get kind of put into a box? Um, I think it's, it's definitely changed since March 15th. Yeah. Like, I think um, there still is a lot of Islamophobia, but there's a lot of Islamophobia and just, like, negative stereotyping of Muslims being terrorists and all that stuff. Um, but I guess after March 15th, people actually... I think before March 15th, people just didn't want to know anything. The, mm. like, um, yeah. And media was their only source. And then after March fifteenth, people were like, "Oh, we wanna, we wanna include you and and know more about you," and so it's been a bit easier to talk about faith in that context. But still, it's like I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is on a tangent, but like after March fifteenth, there was kind of like there was there was a lot of feelings of like anger, but also grief mm-hmm. and feeling guilty for people being nice to me, because it almost felt like, like all this horrible stuff was happening before, like, these people died. Like, why didn't anyone, why wasn't anyone nice to us before? You know? Why did it take, you know, a horrible yeah, event to really exactly. trigger that sort and of stuff? Kind of, like, I'm sure most people were genuine, but it kind of felt like a lot of a lot of people's um, approaches or attempts to to get to know us better was kind of ingenuine or... Yeah, you know, kind of like assuaging their own guilt. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What does assuaging? Mean? Oh, so, <laughs> sorry, kind of just like to to make themselves feel better, right? Rather yeah. than to make you feel better, or like out of genuine interest for you. 
I saw a, I saw um, a video about that that's that very concept during the whole stop Asian hate thing at the beginning of the year when when that was the movement was really picking up uh, momentum where after a few of those really awful attacks in, in the states there were this, this guy on TikTok or something he was talking about you know we can't handle your sadness when we're being sad for ourselves you know like mm. you're 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 trying to help isn't helping in that in that way you know or that it doesn't feel genuine and i want i wonder if that's kind of what you're talking about about after march 15th it felt like disingenuous and stuff yeah yeah because if they if you know if new zealand was capable of it before why weren't they doing it before you know that's really hard i know that um salient does a uh i don't know if it's yearly but they do an issue where the the Vic Muslim Club does yeah. actually do an issue. Do an issue. I think. Yeah. Did they do that in March this I year. I actually co-edited that issue. Oh yeah! Wow. Because I'm uh, in charge of communications with Vic Muslims, so I work okay. with both sides, Salient and Vic Muslims. So it was really yeah. nice, and that was that was so cool, and everyone was so nice about that. Yeah, that 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 sounds like a really nice opportunity to have your stories and perspectives out there. And do you yeah. is that a is that a recent thing at the uni, or have they always been doing that? Yeah, it's a recent thing. Ever since March fifteenth. Wow. Okay, well, at least it, I feel like it's a good step to correcting that sort of representation issue that you were talking about at the beginning, where, yeah. you know, your your stories or stories from other Muslim people aren't actually being expressed. It's nice to actually have a platform for that. Um, mm. What kind of things does the Vic Muslim Club do here at the uni? Well, we just like to hold events and just provide support for all Muslim students mm -hmm. on campus. Um, we also facilitate the prayer rooms. So we've got oh, yeah. two prayer rooms. We've got prayer rooms on each campus and you've got to have access, like ID access to them. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, so we try to have try to facilitate like a nice community for Muslim students to feel safe and like nice. hold events and stuff. That's really food. awesome. <laughs> and food. Yeah. Oh. Food. I feel like um actually like we kind of like smile because food, but um I I'm really interested in the way that food kind of facilitates community, um, particularly for people who might like not feel like they otherwise belong. When you find a community that eats the same food as you and you're like fuck yes, this is my place. Yeah. Food is an awesome cultural marker, right? Because, you know, I feel like a lot of food is made to share, right? Like you share it with your family, you share it with friends or or, or whatever, coworkers or whatever. Your dog. Share it with no, them. I don't think, I, I don't know, I don't <laughs> know if you do that. Um, maybe if the dog has been nice and you give them a little bit yeah. of the table or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like food is a really interesting cultural marker. Do you eat a lot of food from your parents' like homes or? Yeah. Mainly when I'm living with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I moved out a little bit last year, so okay. I got to kind of dabble in my own culinary skills. Mm. But I found myself going back to, like, trying to make stuff that my mum used to make at home, like mapo tofu, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's so, so good. good. Mm. Um, I don't think I've had that. I think I need to try what? it. What? No way. <laughs> it's so good. It's like this tofu dish with mints. And it's like spicy, garlicky, mm. salty. That mm. sounds amazing. I love all yeah. those things. Poison sauce. Oh. Oh. Yum. Okay, I'm gonna look up the recipe for that because I love tofu. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. Well, I've I've got a good recommendation now. <laughs> Yay. Um. Yeah. I think that's. I mean, food and stuff can be a really nice tie to our cultures and stuff, and it's like a a nice way to also just 
express ourselves right you know like mm-hmm. if you're making food for your flat or whatever like my girlfriend is from austria and so she makes us like austrian dishes sometimes like oh. she hasn't made schnitzel yet which i'm gonna i'm gonna force her to do it one day because i love schnitzel but she made these awesome like austrian dumpling things which have like plum jam in them in the in like the middle and they're like this awesome dessert they're so good they're called oh. gamknudel yeah when as soon as you said austrian i was like she's gonna be making dumplings at some point like you're gonna have just these like <laughs> yeah they're they're huge and you put this awesome so yeah, yeah. no but it's it's such a nice way because you know in her like you could see that she was so happy to to get it right and that it was like a big mm. um thing like for her i don't know if if like you guys had the same experience with like food from home but i don't know i just think yeah. that it's a it's a nice way to to remember things Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, speaking of dumplings like that reminds me like while I was living outside of home um my mom gave me like a big piece of dumpling dough and like mince and then so I made my own dumplings and it was really like it was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be and like at home dumplings is very like it's like a thing we do maybe like once or twice a year during Chinese New Year or like mm-hmm. as a family just around the table folding them. Mm. So it was really it was really nice to like make that for myself and like really therapeutic to sit at the table and like make them and have them in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful process. Um yeah, cuz my my mom grew up in Malaysia. Um born born in Taiwan, grew up in Malaysia and kind of that side of the family, they were all missionaries. So um I remember sitting with my cousins, um, we all like that side of the family all got together. There were so many of us and we had like a massive chain and we're making dumplings at the kitchen table. It's just, it's, it's something special. Yeah. It's like getting involved. Like, you know, I, I do media studies and we talk about like cultural rituals and stuff like in media and stuff, but it applies Mm. to actual like family relations and traditions and stuff is getting involved in that when your parents like share that with you, like. Yeah, I don't know what a good example of that for me would be, but like putting like presents under the tree and stuff. Yeah. Like for me, like actually getting to do that and stuff was quite impressive. Like, like I was like, oh, I'm part of the the tradition, the routine now, or something, you know? Yeah, I think uh, my dad is Italian, um, so I'm technically, yeah, I think I said this before, first generation Australian. Mm. Bit bit of a weird thought, mm. um, but yeah, it, when I realized that I could make pasta. Um, properly without burning the garlic and like with actual ingredients not like from a can um Mm. it was this really weird special moment where I was kind of like I've never felt particularly connected to like my Italian identity but um it was yeah this kind of magical moment where I was like oh like this is shit my family have been doing for decades Mm -hmm. um it was yeah (laughs) I got called a snob because some my friends asked me to make pasta for them and I was like cool um where's the garlic and they were like no garlic and I was like okay where's the olive oil they were like no olive oil what and I was like I need olive oil I can't cook without olive oil and they were like don't be a snob use vegetable oil I was like no (laughs) olive oil yeah it's you you kind of have to hit the get the right things right right in the right order yeah, they were like, we'll get you the stuff for the pasta. And I was like, cool, vegetables and like shit. No, they got me a jar of pasta sauce. <laughs> so sad. Alexa, play Despacito. No. <laughs> I hope no one had that on out loud. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that meme. Jeez. Um, so do you know what you want to do after university? 
Big question, I know. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I don't. I feel like I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna be at university for a long time. I'm. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think I might do my masters in creative writing. Awesome! Yay! Um, that would be so cool. Yeah. I think I've. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Han. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting. I don't know. Too comfortable in the academic space. Like I've always been a really academic student, and I enjoy getting validation from <laughs> school. So yeah, maybe I'm mean, just. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm just avoiding the real world. But I, I really like uni. Um, but yeah, at some stage I'm going to have to go in the real world. I just, I just don't want to get stuck in a job that I don't like, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I have to be passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Um, for the masters of creative writing, do you get to specify and stuff or do you, is it like a nonfiction one, a fiction yeah, one? Yeah, you get to specify your project. So mm. it can be poetry, nonfiction, what prose. Do you, what do you think you'd do? Um, I wasn't so sure, but I had a talk with Harry, who's the creative writing um, convener for me and Hans' class, and he suggested maybe a collection of personal essays. And I was like, that sounds cool because I have been writing a lot of personal essay kind of stuff this year and really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's an an awesome idea. Um, I'm thinking about doing my master's potentially here as well and masters in film but yeah. oh, they do screenwriting i know at, yeah so at, at I've, got a, I've got to decide what i want to do i um i actually worked on a, a film set the other few weeks back and the the film that we were working on was written by one of the masters of screenwriting a guy named mark that's so cool um it was his film called a sticky wicket which is about a cricket game <laughs> cricket yeah yeah <laughs> so it was, it was really cool and, and he was there and we talked about it, it sounded like an awesome program yeah. yeah the whole masters of creative writing sounded cool and that's the thing where it, like university becomes kind of this place where you can carve out an identity for yourself mm-hmm. um, and a space and community so something that yeah i found really valuable is the way that we can make our own community even if you don't feel at home in the, in the wider community but also it costs money. It yeah. does cost money yeah. to be at university, which is the which is the one annoying thing, you know, <laughs> because you do feel like you have met, like, you know, like you you in a way you find your people, you know, the people who do the things that you love or the people in your courses, and then that's the really nice thing mm-hmm. about all of this. Um, well, yeah, I think we should probably actually just wrap it up, honestly, because we've got we've got forty minutes of content and stuff. It's a Damn. good it's a good episode. Yo. Sorry, we did wow. say thirty minutes, but we went on for a bit oh, long really? because well, we had a lot of I think you had a lot of really interesting stuff to say and a lot of really cool perspectives to bring. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, thank you. If people want to follow your stuff, um, where can they find you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at ronia.jpg. Awesome. And on Twitter, diluted trash. I'm trying to get more into Twitter because that's where all the writers are, apparently. So. <laughs> Just the writers and the gays. It's, yeah. That's, that's it for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like, yeah, the, all the writers are up, up on there. Uh, we'll, we'll link your stuff down in our show notes below. Yay. Han, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Ooh, um, Twitter also, at Han Ostani. That's it. Sorry. Sorry, lads. And, <laughs> and if you want to uh, follow the show, you can follow us on uh, Instagram at amiakiwi. Um, and you can send an email to the email address linked below if you have anything you want to say. And we might, if it's funny, read it out on the show. Yes. Which, Give us some content. This yeah, would be cute. Capital yeah. C content. Yes, Yo. please. Um, again, thank you so much, Ronya, for being on this. This was really awesome. 
Thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah, no. Um, best of luck with the rest of your creative writing course and Thanks. and all that. <laughs> Good luck today, hon. Yeah, hon. Oh. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I hope everyone uh, enjoyed the episode and will look out for your stuff in Salient or wherever you publish it. Yes. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before the show ends? Hang on, everyone. I know it's a really hard time of year. <laughs> fair. That's so fair. But you got this. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> As usual, I have nothing to add. Excellent. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week for another episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ciao.